Welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. The golf podcast, if you want to improve your mental performance on course, well, this is the podcast for you. Absolutely hosted by the Mental Master himself, Jamie Glazier. And I just sit here, Ross Flanagan, along for the ride, learning as we go. As you are, let's bring Jamie in to talk about the mental game and what we've been up to. Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. It's uh, been a while since we've caught up. Uh, too long, in fact. And it's a new year, 2023, uh, sort of end of January. And we've just had a chat. We've made a commitment that the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast is continuing. Another season, the 2023 season, is going to keep coming at you. How are you? Very well, thanks, mate. Yeah, it has been a little while. I think late October was our last episode and uh, obviously the end of the year, Christmas, New Year, all that stuff, it, um, everyone gets pretty busy, but uh, excited to get back and, and sit with you and have a chat. Um, obviously, we're by the sounds of our own golf games, uh We've sort of had a pretty similar pathway the last sort of four to six weeks, which I'm sure the listeners will be interested to hear about. But um, no, always good to, to get back and chat to you, mate. It's um, I'm looking forward to a, a really good year. There's been plenty of happening, even though we haven't been podcasting. There's been plenty of happening to talk about. You know, been busy me on the uh, my love of golf side and the drum of golf side. You know, trying to learn how to make YouTube videos. Um, being the world's oldest YouTuber, that comes with its own little mental uh, performance issues as Challenges. well. You know, standing in front of a camera, looking at yourself and having to edit yourself is is it's not an easy gig. And, and big respects to anyone that's tried to make some YouTube content and make it sort of understandable. Uh, it's a hard, yeah. it's a it's an interesting process to go through. Just the whole how you see yourself. Um, yeah. We can talk about that another time. But yeah, you know, there's been plenty of golf. You know, Herbie was down here. You've obviously spent some time with him. He's away in uh, the Emirates this weekend. Is he got uh, Dubai, Dubai this week? Yeah, yeah Dubai. Yeah. So he came back home, played. Um, you've had some of your other clients out there on course. Uh, I caught up with Dom when he was down here at the Sandbelt. I was able to give Dom a little bit of a hand there. Um, I'm not sure. He, he probably told you, did he? He would have told me. I, oh, okay. He definitely told me, but you, you let, let me know again. It was it was actually a great experience. Um, Dom uh, was caddying for one of his students, Momoka Kabori, who was playing in the Sandbelt Invitational, and she was like pushing Cam Davis for the lead coming into the last yeah. day at the PK uh, North Course. Of course, uh, yeah, who you got to call if you want information about the PK North Course if you haven't seen it before, as Dom hadn't, neither had Momoka. What a lovely... Uh, young lady and future star she is, um, young New Zealand girl yeah. who's over here doing some work with Dom. Um, he called me and said, uh, have you got 10 minutes? Can you come through and look at the yardage book with us? And I, oh, that was, that, <laughs> that, that appealed to me and I was straight down there with a bit of a head wobble. And yeah. um, it was, but it was interesting because, you know, here's a professional golfer that hadn't seen a, a course in the contention for a tournament. And uh, here's a, a Muppet like me sitting down going through the um, the yardage book and talking about missed zones and where, where the pin was and what type of shots does she play? What sort of ball flight are you coming into that green with? You know, what yardage is she playing it from? Well, yeah, the miss zone is here. And, you know, the, the, I think on, on tour, you know, the players would, well, the caddies would put a big X, you know, X, X, X. And we went through and did that. And it was just a, a really um, unique yeah. and interesting process for me to go through. You probably, you know, when you're spending time with Dom and Herbie out there on tour, you're probably doing that sort of stuff all the time. Um, but it was good. And then uh, I sent them the flyover videos, the PK North course, and I'm not shy of patting myself on the back. You know, no, look, I think it's a really good topic of discussion, and especially for this episode around your golf and my golf the past six to eight months. But, you know, you look at the professionals and you look at Momoka there and Dom, information and competency are hugely important things to be able to, you know, feel confident, uh, create clarity, and then ultimately to be able to perform at a high level. And, you know, what they're searching for there is just a little bit of knowledge to be able to have that information, to back their decisions, to be able to commit to their decisions. And um, 
to be able to manage their golf ball around the golf course. They're very much an informational uh, focused sort of being a professional golfer, where let's say a recreational golfer, we might be a lot more of an emotional uh, based being, you know, we emotionally respond to things, whether it be, you know, the, the fear of a poor shot or uh, the reaction of a, of a poor shot. So, uh, but elite golfers, um, you know, they are a little bit more or quite a bit more informational based um, and competency based, which is, uh, which is really interesting. Well, I guess the key outtake for me, and if you're an amateur golfer listening to this, was, you know, sitting at that sort of balcony bird's eye view level, giving some advice and some information that the two guys were going to use, it made me reflect on what do I do when I'm out there yeah. trying to do it? Do I, yeah. do I go through this process myself? Do I look at that green and say, you know, uh, I was going to say before, I'm not sure I've given myself a pat on the back, uh, the seventh hole at PK North, you know, the par three. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think when we played it last, they had that pin tucked around that little tongue. It's yeah. like maybe it's a deep, deep bunker. So it's probably one of the hardest bunkers to get out of on a par three to try and make it up and down. It's almost impossible. And it protects a tongue which tucks around the, the left side of the green. And that's the tournament pin position. And they've got about maybe 10, 15 meters of green to work with. So you've really got to fly in high, stop it, bring it down sharp and be able to spin it. Um, now the greens were soft, granted, but I, I asked Dom, I said, so what type of shot is Momoko likely to play into here with what type of club? So there's two approaches. There's flying it there and carrying it and stopping it or running it up the playing a draw up the center of the green because he said she plays yeah. a little draw and and i said well if you play that shot and land it here it's going to feed around to the pin and um i was up there watching um just uh, having to watch that hole and exactly to the to the letter to the meter momoka just fires this lovely draw it's down the center line of the green the big chunk of yeah. the green the fat part it bounced it released it rolled and fed around pin high with about a 15 meter putt you know it was as close as you could get it when you play that line and she just rolled it in yeah and don yeah. walked don walked off that green and he, i caught his eye and he just looked at me and gave me a wink and a bit of a thumbs up and just it was sort yeah. of like a little acknowledgement to we didn't know that beforehand because i think momoka wanted to go at the pin the conversation yeah, at yeah, the, yeah. and uh anyway yeah. it was but i just thought i need to put that level of thought into how I play when I play there, when I'm trying to get from 4.7 down to 3.7. I need yeah. to have the X marks in my mental sort of approach without yep. having yardage book and play like yep. that. Absolutely. And it's yeah, those guys, obviously, it's their full time job and they take it to another level. You know, you're like Pewy the caddy for, for caddies for Herbie. You know, they've got an afternoon tea time. Pewy's out walking the course in the morning to see how the course is reacting and responding to golf balls and looking at pin positions and how quick the greens are and how firm they are and, you know, how difficult spots are the players are missing. Like, so he's extracting all this information before they get there so that it just helps them, you know, like what you did with, with Dom and Momoka there. It's, um, they have this foundation of information that helps them to make their decisions. Now, for club-level golfers, you know, we don't have that time, that commitment, that we probably don't value our performance as much as a professional does. Um, but if you do, then there are these little things that you can start to add into your repertoire that's going to help you to play better. Um, you know, and, and for me, I think it was early December, I got an email coming from Burley Golf Club that my membership had came through. So... I've been on a wait list for 18 months since I've been up here on the Gold Coast. I played, I think I played 27 holes of golf in about 15 months prior to that. So I was like, you know, I don't know what golf feels like anymore. I went to the range one day before I went to go and play uh, nine holes of Burley as a member. And the first 10 minutes, I felt like I'd been thrown in a washing machine and given a 
like a sporting club that I'd never used in my life. I didn't know how to stand. It was so foreign to me. So I decided to go and get a lesson. I went to uh, see Jai McBride up here at Sanctuary Cove and just just so I could have some clarity over what I'm trying to do. What's the concept of swinging a golf club? And he got me to do things that I'd never – I was standing so close to the ball, I felt like the ball was resting on my big toe. But I just had a clear concept of what I was trying to do. And when I went out and played, I think it was two days after that range session or three days after that range session, I couldn't believe how much more comfortable – I felt mentally, even though what I was doing physically felt foreign, but I just felt so much more comfortable because I had clarity on what I was trying to do. And even though I didn't, I did it a hell of a lot better than I thought. I hit the ball so much better than I thought I would and so much better than I had in the past. Um, and that's that information and that competency. I, you know, it's such an important thing for self confidence in having clarity of what you're doing um, and building competency. Um, so, you know, it was really interesting for me. I ended up playing like four times in, I think, in about a nine-day period. And every single time I felt like I was actually getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and um, was out up on the sunny coast with Herbie and Dom and a couple of other people playing. And uh, I almost, when I say almost, I almost had my first hole-in-one in front of them. Um, Herbie and Dom bet me 20 bucks for the final par three of the day at Maroochydore, Marucci River, sorry, um, they bet me 20 bucks I wouldn't hit a green with a four iron. Now, I, I I would have bet a thousand bucks I wouldn't have hit a green with a four iron, even though I'd hit one earlier in the day. I hit this shot, it was probably one of the best four irons I'd ever hit, and it's just ended up about two and a half feet from the hole, but it would have like just just passed the lip. So um, but for me, like that was me just focusing on competency. What do I need to do with my setup? What's my what's my takeaway feel here? I was very focused on a swing feel and blending that connection with what I want to do with the ball flight, but I was a little bit more attached to the competency of what I was doing. And that just put me in a very comfortable state because I had clarity. And that for me was was really good after so long away from the game. Uh, it's good to see you back out there playing golf. That's where you need to be. The This whole habit of, um, you know, not playing golf is is not good for you. It's not good for me. Yeah. And and I sometimes yeah. slip into that habit of yeah making excuses at busy at work and you know it's yeah. just prioritizing the time. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. One of the things for me, you know, if I reflect on the past twelve months or so of working on the the clubhouse project, and we'll talk about that, the evolution of what that's looking like shortly, um, and then having some time to play some golf, not doing as many podcasts, but I guess having some time to reflect on my own personal growth and development in the mental game for golf. Yeah. Um, I came to a bit of a realisation on Friday, played in the um, WPGA, so the Women's Professional Golf Association of Australia uh, event, the Drum and Golf um, WPGA event at La Trobe. Two-day event plus the Pro-Am, so we played in the Pro-Am. And I took a couple of young, uh, one older lady who's a member at Lakeside and, and another um, young lady who elite golfer, plays at Royal Melbourne, who I've known for a long time. And I just had the opportunity to sit back and listen to some of the the language and being able to sit outside of that conversation. And I know in the past when, you know, I hear some language that I would say is not contributing towards great performance on a golf course, I would allow myself to slip into that language pattern. I would allow yeah. myself to talk like that to myself, maybe not openly, but I would, I would find myself over the balls or signing up for a shot, saying, you can't do this, you can do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you know, that sort of chatter that goes on. Yeah. And the one particular lady was like talking out loud 
especially with all, every shot, like, I'm not good enough to play this shot. You know, you guys hit it further than me and this is embarrassing, but I think I can do it, but maybe I can't, especially with putting. Like, this isn't going to go in. I'm not sure where this is going. And I was like, just thinking, wow, golfers are like that. And I had this ability yeah. to once again have this balcony. If you're saying, I, I'm so happy that I can not go back into that zone and not sort of let myself talk like that to myself. And yeah. um, it was just a observation it was so really yeah, it was fun it was fun to, to fun to learn you know to a sort of combination this learning that we continue to be on yeah it's a really interesting um you know conversation to what you just mentioned because i was having a chat with herbie the other day the new netflix series called break point which is the, the the professional tennis tour um that was released not long ago and i watched the whole series and it was fantastic like i loved it being an old you know ex-tennis coach and ex-tennis player and I said to Herbie, I said, you need to watch this because I think you'll like it. So he watched it. Anyway, the next the next day he messaged me. He's like, oh, we're on, we're on a call. And he's like, before we hang up, he's like, oh, that's right. I've got to talk to you about Breakpoint. He said it was unbelievable when I think it was Kyrgios and maybe another player uh, in one of the episodes talked about that intense negative thinking and negative self-talk that happens in a tennis match, like the ebbs and flows and ups and downs of this of the cognitive functioning that happens when you're out there in a tennis match. Um, and Herbie's like, that's what happens in a round of golf. Like you just go through these phases where there's this negative self-talk and negative voice. Um, and he said, I could really relate to it more than any other show he's watched on, on sports performance or athletic performance. It was about everyone experiences these moments of negative self-talk. It's just natural and normal. Um, and Herbie's just learned that, you don't need to react to it or respond to it. That's just normal human functioning. Mm. Um, you know, we just let that thought come in and we let it pass. We don't react to it. We don't try and prove it wrong. We just let it pass and, and refocus back on what we're doing. But it, it's such an interesting thing where so many people perceive that negative thinking is really detrimental and has a very big negative effect on performance when Negative thinking is just natural and normal. You know, we have in excess of 60,000 thoughts a day, of which 80% of those are negative and 95% of those are repetitive. That's not being negative. That's just being a human. It's the way we're wired. So um, whenever I work with people, they talk about these, these phases of negative thoughts that they have during a round of golf. They spend so much time fighting or avoiding or blocking out the negative thinking they're so busy fighting it over here, they're forgetting about hitting a seven iron to a back left pin over here. Mm. When I say, you don't have to fight those thoughts, they're normal. Just let them come in, let them pass, let them come in, let them pass. You know, swat the fly I talk about, let the, the fly come, swat it away, and it's gone. Um, you know, it's going to come back or another one's going to come. You know, in the middle of summer here in Australia, you, you, that's all you're going to do mm. all day is just swat flies. You know, so... Um, so it's an interesting sort of conversation around negative thinking's fine. This doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, you can let it pass and just refocus back on, on what you're doing and be re, you know, refocus back on being in the present moment and uh, committing to what's what's ahead of you. Um, but uh, yeah, you know that that I suppose it's that cycle of negative self-talk and how it can escalate. Um, quite quickly, and and you know the over dramatization of it and all the rest of it. Well, I can't imagine what it's like for those guys either, like Herbie and all the professional tennis players, when there's 
you know, so much hanging on, you know, that outcome in that time, uh, you know, money, status, yeah. rankings, yeah. entries into next events, et cetera. So there's so much attached to that. So I can only imagine yeah. that it's, but you know, for, for the everyday golfer, yeah, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that, you know, like for me, the, the, the thoughts that I have been able to have in between shots and acknowledging those and, you know, swatting the fly, letting them come in and pass and be okay with it have really helped that when I get to the time to make, you know, that committed pass at a golf ball, I can really honestly say that I, 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 there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of thought happening. It's just seeing, you know, what's, where the ball's going to land and that sort of thing. And it, you're right. You know, but I have those conversations in between the shots and, um, yeah. it's been good. Yeah. It's a lot. Should it, you know, one of the technical things that I've been working on is, is compressing the ball, striking the ball better. I mean, my ball striking with those scoring clubs, seven, eight, nine pitch, was really hindering my performance and putting pressure on other parts of my game. Yeah. Is is it okay to, you know, have that sort of swing thought just beforehand and that be the only thought, you know, like like well, that rehearsal thought? Is that okay? So yeah. I'm, I moved into a technical sort of thing thought. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's that, that internal attention where we're over the ball and we're focusing on something that we're doing. Now, that's absolutely fine. You know, there's different phases. You look at some of the best golfers in the world, they maybe don't have too much of an internal connection and they're a lot more connected to the target, the ball flight, but their competency is mm. at a way different level than you or I. They can let go of that attachment because their their mechanics and their machine is rock solid but for us you know we sometimes we have to attach to um mechanics or a swing feel and as i said I, i'm very much a creative uh right brain dominant visual athletic feel but when i went to the range for the first time i'm like oh i'm just going to go and be external and just i'm just going to let my natural hand-eye coordination take over i'm standing over it going i feel drunk like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know whether the ball's in the right position or not. I can't get external if there's so much chaos going in from an internal point of view. So I got that lesson so that I could minimise that chaos and just go, all right, what am I doing? Mm. Oh, okay, this, oh, that feels better. So I have to, I in the short term, and when I say short term, until it's built really solidly, which may be two years the way that I'm practising once every three months, but if I have to go and play around the golf and, and focus on that, that's okay because I know that's going to help me perform. Yeah. And that's all we're really after is just let's try and perform as best as we can right now with what we have. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely okay. Yeah, well, I just think I've found this little rehearsal move which helps get the club into a position at the in the takeaway, which I know gets it back to a much better uh, position at the at the impact and the, and the irons are straighter. Uh, more yep. accurate, less thin shots, and yeah. uh, also nearly had a hole in one at um, La Trobe. Well, funnily enough, uh, talking about Momoka Gabori, Momoka Gabori had a no, hole. no, no, no. Oh, we no. don't, we don't, we don't need to talk about this one. I've, oh, I've, oh, right. I have been tagged in and sent because they got it on video. They got yeah. Momoka's hole in one on video. So congratulations, Momoka, you're a superstar. For every person that sent me the video, of Momoka's 
Holy one, you're not a superstar. You're the furthest thing from a superstar. Uh, clearly, this wasn't planned because um, I was about to say that I, I hit a seven iron into that hole and, and was like inches off having a hole in one. We thought it might have actually been sitting on the hole. And I'm like, yeah. and I, my thoughts, uh, Jamie, in fairness, immediately turned to you and I'm like, please be in the hole. Please, yeah. please, because I knew we were going to catch up. Please give me something. Yeah. Give me some content. Anyway, my yeah. supreme ball striking is on the improve. Nearly had a yeah. hole in one. Uh, great. Congratulations, Mamoka. It was great to see you have a hole in yeah. one. So, yeah, she's a great girl. Um, she's lovely. Uh, it's been busy. Um, in terms of, you know, we've just talked about some stuff that I feel we've probably in the archives of the episodes we've talked about before, but it's always good to refresh and repeat and, and talk about stuff as you go on the journey and the journey sometimes is circular. It's not yeah. always on the way up and it ebbs and flows as we discussed. Um, the journey of the Mental Mastery Clubhouse has taken a different pathway of late for a yeah. number for a number of reasons. And I think, you know, it was a great concept. It was a great website which allowed, you know, as a membership platform to do so much. Yeah. Very clearly, I think the scale of what that website offered was way in excess of what you know, you slash we needed to deliver the type of content that you've made to yeah. people who, who want access to that. Um, those sorts of websites, which are, you know, plug and play and built, um, come with a great deal of expense. And it was stuff that we didn't probably really need to have. So we've taken a bit of a tact with the Mental Mastery Clubhouse and the content that resides within that. And yeah. for the people that have come to us and said, uh, what's going to happen now because, you know, we were members or we've been looking forward to or, or and have said thank you, don't yeah. worry, you know, you're still going to be able to get access to this more in-depth content that you can refresh and review and learn with at yeah. your own steam. So do you want to add into, you know, the development of the Mental Mastery Clubhouse and, and what's happening now? Yeah, for sure. Look, and I think, you know, the, the main reason why sort of we decided to close that down at the end of last year was just, we were both so busy, we couldn't commit the time, effort, and energy to run that platform in the scale that we had envisioned and in the scale that we'd spoken about with, with the members. So um, it would have been, you know, remiss of us to continue that and deliver a subpar product. So what we're looking at now is just basically trying to create a platform where people can access the videos and then that's it. There's no forum, there's no... Um, other things as, as part of it from a, a time-consuming management point of view on our end. It's just here are the, the, the videos. We're looking at um, using Vimeo as the platform where people can come in and actually rent the course. So there'll be different courses there, which were all the courses are up on the Mental Mastery Clubhouse, and you basically get a 30-day access to that course. And why I've set it up as a 30-day access is I want people to go in there and actually commit to putting the time in to watch those videos. It's just one course at a time. It might be an hour of content that you need to go through, but you've got a month to do it. That also keeps it a little bit more affordable um, when we're just doing it as a monthly rental. And uh, basically they can access the videos and, um, and do that. Then we've got the private Facebook page that we're going to be able to probably connect with the members a little bit more um, via that. So that to me seems like a lot more of a streamlined process, uh, a process that, that, you know, I can manage a, a lot more on my own and, and I manage a lot more when I'm traveling as well. It's not so time consuming and um, the people can still get access to the content in a very, you know, streamlined and affordable way. So hopefully 
I'm sort of doing that at the moment. Hopefully that might be launching by the end of the, the weekend. Um, so keep an eye out on um, the private Facebook group, which we might put a link in under the podcast notes here. And, um, yeah, everyone can get access back to the to the courses and, um, and future content as well. Yeah, and that's the important part is, you know, if you are committed to, you know, developing your mental game and we've got to assume that that's why you click on to, you know, one of these 50 episodes that we've made, um, you know, this is a simple and effective way of self-learning and, and committing to, you know, your program and your process. And, you know, if, if it's important to you, do it and use it. And, um, you know, hopefully you can have a conversation with us at some stage where you can articulate to us that, you know, you've got to this place where you're in a better position mental game-wise to enjoy your golf more, to play better golf and um, and to understand how, how you operate as a golfer uh, week in, week out in the course. And, and that's got to lead to, you know, performance gains. Yeah. Um, and I know it has for me, so, uh, you know, it can for yeah. you because if it has for me, you know, let's be honest, 12, 18 months ago I was a I was a mental pygmy in terms of on the golf course, and and now I feel now I feel quite comfortable and at home, and you know, yeah. I've played better rounds of golf in recent times than I have in th- twenty years ago. You know, like I played yeah. at Rosebud, you know, beside of pennant defeats and pennant highs and lows for me, it yeah. conjures up it should conjure up all these sorts of thoughts and emotions playing at Rosebud. It's a great course. Played there the other week, went out without any expectations. The only expectation were the Fellas that I was playing with were son uh, fathers of school kids of my sons, you know, you know what I mean, footy yeah. dads, and yeah. um, they wanted to see the big chief fly, and I went down there and let the big chief fly and had two double bogeys on the back nine and shot 74, 75, so four over par with two double bogeys on the back yeah. nine, and I was totally cool with every double every double bogey, every fluff shot, and yeah. um, it was just so enjoyable. Yeah, it was so, and yeah. I just played golf and. Yeah. I played better golf than I had 20 years ago when I was trying to beat people. It's great. Loved it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, no, it's been uh, it's been great. It's been so much fun to watch your journey in the mental game too. And you know, still one of my highlights is seeing that pitch shot with Luke Elby there commentating. And um, I could see how nervous you were, but you had something to connect with the clarity of what you're doing and the competency uh, to be able to commit to it. And you know, you hit one of the best pitch shots. I'll, I'll, I'll ever see. Um, uh, I'm glad you asked. I might. Uh, let me just say that. I'm, 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 this is totally unplanned. This this is going to – you guys are sitting back at home rolling your eyes going, these bikes are having a laugh. Let me just see if I can play it. And if it doesn't work, I promise. No, that's the master's tune. <laughs> Get a little wedge by Ross Flanagan into the third here at Peninsula Kingswood. And, oh, this is beautifully played. Can it go in the bucket? Oh, what a shot. Um, you got to think now that I'm a wanker because I have that there and just play it to myself. Well, it's on the it's on the pad here, which runs the podcast. It's a little thing there we put in we put in years ago, and uh, it's still That's sitting great. there. So it was good timing. I still got it there. Well, uh, talk about the highlight reels. You know, go back to episodes. The listeners go back to some of the episodes where we talk about highlight reels. And Ross having that there is just one that really brings that memory from the back of the mind right to the front of the mind. And uh, next time he hits a pitch shot, he's going to have that. Uh, in the front of his mind was going to help him to perform, but that's uh, that's awesome. I was doing a fitting the other day and uh, with a couple of chaps who are fellow podcasters, very, very experienced, very successful podcasters in the world of business, and they connected through the golf podcast and came in and got a fitting, uh, which was nice. And they're so 
intense and developing their game and they just want to be better sooner, quicker. And anyway, hitting shots in the simulator and, you know, I was able to sort of give them the the filing cabinet sort of analogy. I said, see that feeling? Hear that sound? Uh, that swing and that ball flight that you can see there, even though it's on a simulator screen, I said, put that in your mental filing cabinet and, and use that sound feel and access that, you know, when you're on a golf course or on the driving range because it only just comes to the driving range. And um, for them, it made a lot of a lot of sense. Made a lot of sense yeah. going, wow, that concept is makes a lot of sense to me, how I think and how I access sort of emotions around what I do. Um, yeah. Once again, all content you can get in the uh, yeah. Vimeo platform when it's up. There you go. Right. Awesome. Jamie, is that uh, that's 30 minutes of um, Mental Mastery 2023. Uh, we are back. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back. Mate, it's good to, good to be back again. And, um, yeah, thank you. I look forward to uh, catching up soon. I head overseas on the 4th of Feb, so in just over a week and a half. Where are we off to? Back on the road. Uh, so I uh, head to the Phoenix Open and, and Genesis LA Open with, with Herbie and then a couple of weeks in the US with the other boys. So excited to get back on the road, but um, we'll be sharing a, you know, a fair amount of sort of tips and uh, content on the, the private Facebook page as well as uh, inside the, the, new, uh, the new course platform. So um, if anyone wants to you know, get amongst it and get involved, join that private Facebook group and then uh, from there you'll, you know, you'll have access to... Uh, for all the upcoming uh, information and content. Very good, Jamie. Thanks. Uh, safe travels. I uh, look forward to seeing you. Um, geez, you. You could have picked a. You could have picked a couple of um, better better events to go to. You know the waste management there and uh, the yep. LA Open. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we'll yep. enjoy those and look forward to seeing you on the ground over there with uh, the Herbinator. Um, we'll see you next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Thanks for joining us and uh, looking forward to catching up with you all in 2023. Thanks for joining us.